This is Blake Seven in Character, the podcast that travels at Standard by Five to seek out elements from the classic TV show. We'll be taking a look at the one-off characters and occasionally the not-so-one-offs, who they are, what we think, the actor's backstory, and anything that occurs to us as we waffle away. So, stand by to teleport, but this is going to be spoiler-heavy, so it's advisable that you watch the episode first. Hello and welcome to episode 13. Um, Unlucky for some, especially for those that have watched Volcano. Hello, Ian. Hello, Eric. Yes, I felt very unlucky uh, watching it the other night. It had to Um, be done. It's an interesting one, isn't it? It's it's one of the episodes of Blake 7 where I know the name of the episode. It's a bit like Horizon as well, and... I've got a vague memory of it, but it's not one that leaps out at me when I fancy watching an episode of Blake 7, and then I've watched it this week, and yeah, there's a reason why it's not prominent in my mind. It's almost like 10 minutes after I'd watched it, I was starting to forget it. It's like Mm. my brain was wiping it to preserve Mm. my sanity. Um, Yeah. Yeah, and your horizon's the same, you're right. It's, you read a synopsis and you go, oh, I don't remember that. That sounds okay. And then you actually watch it and you go, ah, no, no, no. My abiding memory of this story is two things. One, it's crap. Two, it's got a crap robot. If anyone says Blake 7 Volcano, they're the two things I think of. So um, it's going to be quite interesting to see what uh, you have to say about this. Yeah, it's, um, there's, there's, because we were the other week when we were watching um, Assassin, we were sort of saying, uh, this is our new standard. So <laughs> is it, you know, is it as bad as Assassin? And I was thinking, oh, we're going to have to amend that to is it as bad as Volcano? And then I thought, no, because Assassin was almost uniformly terrible. But I think there's one very, very small scene in Volcano, which... I almost jumped about my chair and cheered. It's it's absolutely brilliant. I loved it, and I think that's enough. That's enough for me to take this out of as bad as Assassin. That is very territory. interesting because right now, off the top of my head, I can't think about what you're talking about. So, oh, right, but we'll right. come to that. You when might we come not to like it. it though. You might not. Yeah. You might think it's yeah. This is going to be interesting. I, yeah. Then this is going to be interesting. Yeah. yeah, I had thought about what we said about um, you know Assassin. This is a new yeah. benchmark. All the duff ones, good or bad, and and, and we're going to have that at the end of the episode. Once we've done the behind the scenes yeah. and the tallies, we'll also do the um, thingy-jig thing, and we'll talk about that then. Okay. Okay. All right. So uh, volcano. It's written by Alan Pryor, a guy by the name of Alan Pryor. Now he also wrote for Blake Seven Horizon. Okay, which we oh, were just talking a theme, about. A theme is uh, developing there. Yep. Yeah. Hostage which I watched yesterday morning with our youngest, and, yeah, we've got things to say about that when that one comes on. The Keeper. Okay. Yeah, again, not a great not a great one. It has moments in it, though. Yeah. It has moments, yeah, I seem to remember. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't watched that for a very long time, but I remember it's got moments. And, uh, oh, gulp. Um, animals. He wrote Animals. And why do they keep hiring this man? <laughs> what, what animals has he got on the producers? What, what I haven't watched an, animals. I I can't remember if I've actually watched it when I bought the DVD box set. And again, right, right. my abiding memory of it is 
it's rubbish and it's got rubbish animals in it. So uh, we'll have to see yeah, what we think when we get round to that one. I, 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 I've not watched it on DVD. I, ha- I watched it when the, the VHSs came out and I got to it and I remembered it having a bad reputation. And then you watch it and it's, it's staggeringly bad. Mm. Um, every, again, everything about it. I mean, it's not a good script to start with and then it just goes poorly from there. <laughs> what is it with this guy? Did, what know. else did he do? Do you know what else he wrote for? I don't know what else. I don't know what else. <laughs> I'm thinking like Coronation Street, something like that. No, n- none of the ones he's written are jewels of the show, really, are they? No, no, they're, no. They're, they're, you're exactly right. They're the ones where you're reading through, you're thinking, I fancy an episode, and you get the DVD box out, and you read through the episode list, and your brain automatically jumps them. Yes. You don't even give it a thought and yeah. think, oh, hang on, should I reinvent? No, nope, move on, move on. Yeah. yeah, when I look at the last disc of season two and I'm looking down the yeah. uh, thing, the keeper, unfortunately, is right next to star one. I know which one I'm going to go to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's never going to win, is it? Never, never. But it, this, I like this idea of a benchmark thing. At the moment, Assassin yeah. is the benchmark in awfulness. And um, yeah, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to yeah. mark this on the Facebook page in some way, um, a rating system of the most yeah, dire. And maybe we I mean, should do it for the best as well. Yeah, I think so. Well, I, I was thinking about this. What, so, but the, the way we're doing it, so we're, it's Blake Seven in character, so we're looking at a character. It's going to be difficult to rate an episode, isn't it, really? Because... Mm. We might cover it again, and, I, and certainly like um, Project Avalon, we've covered in two different episodes. Yes. So, but I think we 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 do need some sort of. Perhaps we could build up a top ten mm. or, or a top five and a bottom five, and we we slip the episodes in as we come across them. I did think towards yeah. the end of this show's life, when we get near the end and we're doing special episodes, to have something like that, one devoted to yeah. our top fives and bottom fives and things yeah. like that. If, okay. if there's any more shows like this, then it will be towards the end of our life as well, because <laughs> we won't be able to go on, will we? <laughs> I'm going to find right. a volcano, throw myself in. We might not be able to get through this, so let's see if we can, shall we? So, yeah, volcano. Um, it starts with volcanoes. Uh, many stock footage yeah. shots of an active volcano. I imagine the, the stock footage uh, owner that owned volcano clips, he was living it like a lord this week, weren't he? He was rubbing his they hands together, every wasn't single he? one up, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Tarrant and Dana, they're teleported down to a quarry. And uh, not for one second do you believe that they're in the same place, do you? I mean, it's like, no, uh, no, no. no. The, a bit, the, a bit the, of dry ice does not a volcano no. make. The land around a, a volcano does not look like a quarry in Surrey. No. Absolutely This looked not. like a slate quarry to me. We've got a fair number of slate quarries. Uh, we should chart that as well, the different types of quarries. Yeah. You know, slate, chalk, whatever. <laughs> you know, what, I, bet, I bet there's people that would recognise what quarry they're in. I know there are, you know, um, uh, uh, visits to the various yeah. quarries, uh, especially that windspit one down in Dorset, yeah. which I didn't realise was there. We were down in Dorset on holiday a couple of years ago. I would have gone along and done that. Yeah. Mm. Presumably All it's right. changed since then, though, isn't it? And by definition, a quarry is being quarried. I know, I know there's one... Which one is it? They also used it in Doctor Who in um, Destiny of the Daleks. Oh, and, right, yeah. Um, yeah, that, that, that's a proper, you know, rocky quarry. And yeah. I know that you can go there and you can stand in exactly the same place that Villa was or Serverland was or Tom Baker and Lala Ward were. 
you know. So, yeah, um, yeah but uh, yeah. yeah, no, no. So here we are. Yeah, they've landed. The dumbness of this story, I thought, you know, it shows its hand quite early with Terence. What's that question? <laughs> but he's not he's not the sharpest tool in the box, is he, old Tarrant? But he, he knows uh, he's teleporting down to a planet that's got one solitary volcano, and they're tol- teleporting down near it, and he turns around and goes, what's that? Well, actually, then, because we've just said that this this footage in no way matches the stock footage, perhaps he's right. He was expecting a <laughs> volcano, and he's looking over there, and there's just, there's just a BBC catering wagon. <laughs> what the hell is that? What's that? The catering wagon's leaving... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Perhaps that's what it wasn't dry ice or smoke. It was the exhaust fumes off the Caitlin wagon. That's what it was. Yeah, they're legging it. Yeah. That's why everyone's dumbed down this week as well, because those exhaust fumes are not good for the brain, are they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their oxygen level was being constricted, yeah. definitely. Um, is Tarrant trying to be Robin Hood in that outfit? Do you, do you know what? I, I said that to Anne while we were watching this. Um, I said, Does that remind, what does that costume remind you of? And she goes, They've got it out of Robin Hood's. Uh, mm-hmm. dressing room it's like yes panto robin hood very often in blake seven they go to you know a um wardrobe department and just nick stuff from it don't they that they're yeah. not bespoke items they've just taken it out of uh storage yeah put, put a bit of silver bling on it you know yes. and there's a you've got space robin hood Space Robin Hood. No, Space Robin Hood is uh, is all painted silver. It looks like Robin Hood, yeah. but it's painted silver. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they're there because apparently the people of the planet knew Dana's father. Yeah, and... He, this and again, this is um, this this is happens in Animal, doesn't it? That the protagonist in that knows Dana. Hmm. Uh, and and had an affair with Dana when she was like four or something. It's really weird. Yeah, we've um, got a lot to say about oh, that episode. God, yeah, that's that thing. Um, it's it's so. What struck me with this this week's? I mean, we normally we we have a little bit of a chuckle at the special effects, and sometimes they're brilliant, and sometimes we have a little chuckle. But normally we always go, the script is there, the it, the, the the dialogue solid. <laughs> This week is so different. <laughs> this is such lazy, lazy writing, isn't it? To have the protagonist an old friend of. Yeah. Fill in the blanks. It is poor. <laughs> right from the offset. Um, but as they totter over the rubble, um, they're observed by our focus character this week, Hauer, along with his son, Bershaw, isn't it? Or Bershaw? Uh, Berkshire? I don't know. Berkshire. I <laughs> I said ten minutes after watching this, my my uh, brain was just deleting the files. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Who are they? Do you know? They mean trouble. Look at their weapons. I thought we'd kept them at bay. The Federation High Command, no opposition as far as their foolish wars are concerned. These people look more like mercenaries. Obviously, they come from that ship. The satellite's got a clear picture now. Do we know anything about this type of ship? Nothing. Looks powerful. Shall we approach these mercenaries? They're heading towards us anyway. Excuse me. Well, Bershaw, or whoever he is, Bershaw, Berkshire, uh, he thinks they're mercenaries rather than Federation, um, and their satellite has a clear view of the Liberator. Um, Wouldn't they see that that's not a Federation ship? Don't you know... 
immediately that's not an Earth ship. Well, we're we're in season three, so the model work uh, is a bit hit and miss, isn't it? Yeah, we're going to be so, talking I mean, the, about yeah, that. Yeah. The Federation ships changed a bit. I mean, the, this whole this whole I, I, I don't like using the word story. I think that's given it airs that it hasn't got. the the whole The whole nature of this this week hinges on people either not knowing what they should know or knowing something and doing something stupid anyway. Mm-hmm. And this, this is again, sort of, he, I mean, especially later on when we know that spoilers, he's been dealing with the Federation. He know he should know exactly who these people are. It's mm-hmm. all yeah. So either he's, he's trying it on for his dad. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. Or we just think Robin Hood doesn't work for the Federation. <laughs> but as bad as that is, it gets worse then because the robot comes in. I'd forgotten about the robot. Isn't that <sighs> weird? As soon as he appeared, that was the point where Anne gave up on this episode. And you it know what? Is. I don't blame it's, it's been It's been rough for Anne because she's watching them <laughs> as I'm watching them and we're not watching them in order. No. But she's been enjoying it up till now and you know the, the the characters work even when you're watching them out of order and it's good thing. and she got to this and it was just like a oh God, yeah. and that was it she she went off and i don't blame her, her. And, yeah uh and no i don't blame her at all it's it's terrible and they don't even make mention of it it doesn't play any plot point well they don't sort of say you know i i thought perhaps there, perhaps there, there's some mention of like you know, we've created these robots to, you know, fill out the population of like four people that they have. Uh, no, it's it's just I think they someone someone turned up on the day and said, I've got a robot costume in my boot. I made it out of cardboard. <laughs> Do you want to see it? And they looked at it and went, oh, OK. You're right. I mean, there's absolutely no reason for it no, being a robot. No I mean, that could have been any human servant for what it does. That could yep. have been that could have been a human. It didn't need to be a robot unless they're trying to make it like we've said before on this show. They're trying to make it more sci-fi, yeah. aren't they? You know, you've got to but put you a robot someone, in. This is yeah, science do think, fiction. Do you think someone looked at it and went, "Oh, that looks like C-3PO"? Is I, this it? Is this BBC's yeah. version of C-3PO? Ah, uh, yeah. This is this is why we should we should not be too harsh on George Lucas because <laughs> this is what we would do it. I think time. this was George Lucas's fear was, you know, we've got to do this properly. Otherwise, it might look like, you know, something yeah. like this, you know, but it is. It is terrible. It's the most cliche foam painted silver NAF style of robot. I mean, this is the sort of thing you were getting in Metal Mickey at the same time, yeah. weren't you? You know, it's yeah. whenever you had a science fiction spoof thing on Morecambe and Wise or something like that, yeah. the robot you, always looked like this. Do you remember a uh, uh, BBC show for kids called Robert's Robots. The name's ringing a bell, and, but and I'm the not robots seeing anything. in that, yeah, the robots in that were better than this. Have a look it up. I, no one else remembers it. You're my only hope. <laughs> <laughs> I know the name, but not much more. Again, it might be a case of I've I've blanked it. Yeah, you might. Deliberately. I mean, it is a it's a very obscure one, to be honest. All right. I'll have but a I'd look rather up. be watching an episode of that than Volcano, to be honest. Oh dear! I mean, we're gonna we're gonna be talking about this robot on our robot special episode, yeah. um, which we'll be doing one day. But I'd just like to say that flashing crutch 
Why are there lights on his crutch? Uh, what? Funny, obviously, your mind and Anne's mind must be at the same level because she said, "Why has he got flashing lights on his crutch?" And then she said, and it annoyed her. She said, "The lights are out of sync." <laughs> I'm like, well, if that's the only issue you've got, but yeah, why? And they, where he stands in shot, the way they frame the shot, <laughs> it's it. You it can't is a bit, miss it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's. There's flashing, and then there's this is whatever this is, isn't there? It's literally poor old flashing. Michael Goff. You know he's been upstaged you know, yeah. by a flashing crutch. Do you know what though? This 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 actor, he's been in some prestigious stuff, hasn't he? He's yep. He's he's one of he's one of Britain's sort of royalty of actors. He's ne- mm. he never quite made the sort of Michael Caine sort of leap, but he's always he's like. If you add it, he's a he's a really good guest star to have. Yep. I don't think he's particularly good in this. I think he's seen the robot and given up in this. But the poor sod, he must oh, have no. turned up on set. I mean, he's such a professional. He doesn't laugh. I would be laughing all the time. This is what I love about him because, yeah, you say he's been in very prestigious stuff, but he's been in total and utter crap. Yeah. But he gives his all. And, yeah, he's um, that, yeah, that yeah. old school. He is old school. Yeah. And I was very much reminded thinking about him um you know for this show is he to me is is up there with peter cushing but he didn't get you know the the status that peter cushing or the roles peter cushing did and i could quite easily see michael goff as grand moff tarkin in star wars if peter cushing turned it down he would have been an excellent you know tarkin i think yeah, I mean, Cushion had big slippers to fill, but I think, mm. yeah, he he could have filled them. I mean, the, he's in um, uh, the uh, 58 Dracula mm. uh, yes. with Peter And he, he's brilliant. I love him in that. He's really, really good. And he's generally, I mean, he's been in Doctor Who a few times. He's he's a good, solid performer. Um, and I don't know what it is in this, whether he he he, he turns up and he reads the lines, but I, I, at no point in this do I sort of, believe him no he's not and i don't know whether it's the rest of it or just the lines are so terrible no i think it's the i i think this show that this uh story has a taint to it which affected everything um yes all right um up on the liberator callie is telling orak to man the teleport and it's very odd then did you notice when we cut from her talking to orak we cut to uh the flight deck and avon but the cut's too soon because Paul Darrow is waiting for his cue to move. Yeah. They haven't edited it properly. Yeah, I mean that that sort of sums up the shoddiness <laughs> of this episode, doesn't it? That yeah, even the uh, the people editing it probably went off and got a cup of tea and just left it running. Yeah, yeah. Villa is saying it's odd that the planet only has one volcano and that it's in the middle of the planet. It is odd, though, isn't it? An unusual phenomenon. We haven't come across it before, have we? I said it's odd, isn't it? What is odd? That damn great volcano right in the middle of the planet. The only active one in the entire place, according to Zen. Sitting there, bubbling away. What, Zen? The volcano. Well, Zen also said it has been bubbling away for at least 20 years. Just the same, sooner then than me. Does anyone know the reason why this planet... What's it called? Obsidian. Obsidian. Even the name sounds nasty. Do you know why it escaped the galactic war? If it did. Well, Zen says there's no sign of any battle fleet wreckage on the surface. Well, as far as we can see. Nobody wanted it, that's what I reckon. And very sensible, too. 
Let us settle this neurotic little worry. Zen, do you have sufficient information to be able to tell us when the next major volcanic eruption on the planet Obsidian is to be expected? Federation Report 10-sub-5, date code 303. That's a long time ago. Atmospheric and ground tests undertaken by Federation assessment team, collated in Federation teletext, predicted no heavy volcanic activity for some years. How many years is some years? No more detailed prediction was made. Wonderful. And why did the Federation assessment team stop bothering? Does anybody know that? Sen, do you know? That information is not available. Very helpful. Aylan, those Federation assessment teams were always followed up by invasion and colonization. Usually. Do you know of another case when they weren't? No. And the phrase, some years, is meaningless. Perhaps it was meant to be. The Federation came and looked at Obsidian and decided it wasn't worth colonizing. Simple as that. But if you're right, those two are wasting their time down there. That's always a possibility. Dana says the people are friendly. But then... Sometimes one's friends can be more of a liability than one's enemies. They're going to check out that rumour too, don't forget. That Blake was here, it's getting to be a fairly common rumour. We could spend the rest of our lives chasing down the ones we've picked up so far. Still, now we're here? Oh yes, now we're here. So, we see a model shot of a green planet. Now, there's nothing we see down on the planet to make it seem green from space. There's no atmosphere on this shot of the planet. There's no atmosphere in this episode. <laughs> um, yeah, I, lo- I thought that. It's a bit... Again, they used to just take any old planet shot. Because yeah. we've seen this planet before, haven't we, a couple of times. I yeah. think they take any old planet shot and, and use that. But yeah, you're right. Unless, unless they are in the quarry portion of the planet and the rest of the planet's lovely. The rest of the planet... Oh, is it's only a tiny verdant- area. Well, the rest of the planet is verdant forest, and that's why Tarrant dressed as Robin Hood. Ah. See, all ties together. But where's the volcano? You don't see the volcano on the planet, unless it's on but, the other side. Yeah, well, that, that's what worries me as well, that, that uh, Villa is like is saying, oh, it's unusual for a planet to have one volcano right in the center. That's not how volcanoes work. <laughs> you can't have a volcano at the center of your planet. Can you? Like, well, you can made... on this one. You can on this program. Yeah, you know, you sometimes, can. sometimes while watching Blake Seven, I, uh, I think, did I miss here at school, or did, you know, is, is this right? <laughs> According to Alan Pryor, it's right. Yeah. True. Yes. Yes. I wouldn't, yes. I wouldn't trust him to tell me the time of day, though. To be right. fair. This model shot, though, of the planet, this green planet full of craters, yeah. it looks like something from the Clangers. It really does. Yeah. Yeah. Soup dragon should appear. There you go, yeah, yeah. He li- he's living down in the volcano. That's what's um, caused it, yeah. Yeah. They're pondering why this planet Obsidian, great name, isn't it? You know, that's, yeah. uh, you know, for a Although, volcano planet Obsidian. Ob- obsidian is, isn't that usually black? That denotes black. Yes, but this green? is green, yes. Shouldn't, shouldn't um, it be emerald, the planet emerald? Yeah, that's better, isn't it? The, pla- yeah. the, plan- the planet mildew, <laughs> that's what it should have been. Moss, there you go. Yeah, moss, moss. there you go, planet moss. moss. Yeah. Yeah, um, they're wondering why it didn't take part in the Galactic War, and uh, we also find out that they're chasing up a rumour that Blake had been there, uh, one of many apparently. So at this point in you know this season three, they are still trying to find Blake, maybe reluctantly yeah. for Avon, but they are you know the, well, at yeah, least they're, they're trying. They're sort of paying lip service to it, aren't they? They're not looking very hard. Mm. I mean, Blake could have been stood 
just one side of the the quarry and they still wouldn't have found him would they mm, this is very true yeah but i'm i'm thinking we can assume then that they've gone to that planet you know that was mentioned in power play but there was no sign of him um yeah. maybe the same for jenna as well um so it could be that and that's when the, yeah, they could the, the be. trail they could be goes cold looking yeah um, in this scene, I'd, I'd just like to mention um, I quite like Villa's open neck chamois leather top that he's wearing. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. It's it's one of the less uh, ostentatious Villa outfits, isn't it? Yes, it's rather subdued yeah. for him. But Villa, yeah, I Villa quite is, like that. Villa's really good in this episode. Mm. I uh, I like Villa in this episode. He's he's playing it a little bit differently. But That's Alan Pryor for you. Yeah, he's quite verbose in this, isn't he? He's quite. He gets some nice little bits. But yeah, I like. As I was saying earlier, the um, we have, I, I, we haven't come to the scene yet, but it it, it is a, oh, a it involves Villa, so it's still on its way. So that, yeah, All it's right, on its way. okay. Well, Tarrant and Dana are knocked out by perfume, and yeah. uh, wake up to find that they're with Hower. Who are you? Why are you on Obsidian? I was a Federation captain a long time ago. We're survivors of a galactic war. If you are looking for somewhere to hide, we cannot shelter you. Maybe you'd better explain it to them. Howard? Yes? I am Dana, the daughter of Hal Mellonby. Oh, are you? Your father... My father is dead. Oh, dear. Then how do we know you are his daughter? You studied with him at the Federation Central Science Complex. This is his graduate medallion. You have one like it. I used to have one like it. But unlike your father, I lost faith in that sort of scientific development. I think that Homo sapiens has reached a point where further technological development is useless. Yeah, that's uh, that's a silly scene, isn't it? Well, it so these, is it these... raining? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, what a it's, it's like someone out of Monty Python, isn't it? This uh, it, it is daft. It's amazingly how often we uh, compare Blake Seven to Monty Python. Hmm. There is isn't quite it? actually, it's... you've uh, you've preempted me. But no, no, I'm going to hold off till the end. But there is a Monty Python thing at the very end. Is there... Okay, at the very very end of this show. Yeah. All right. Um, we find out that how, as you say, and how Mellonby um, knew each other. They worked as Federation scientists. Yes, they they were studying or doing some project together, weren't they? Yeah, and and, and how just like how Mellonby had enough of it and uh, went walkies. Yeah. Um, but then we're out in space, and we have our very first ever view of Serverland's new command cruiser. Yeah, which is horrible. It like is it. horrible. I don't like it. It it it's too organic looking, yeah. and it's they, just... they could have they could have put a line in or something just to say where she'd go from or why it looks so different or, but nothing is it. It's just there, and it's no. it just doesn't fit. I've thought of an explanation for it. Yeah, why that looks like that. Um, this is after you know the uh, the Galactic War, okay, and yeah. maybe the Federation is in desperate need of starships. Uh, yeah. Okay, so they've taken them from alien worlds that we never see. We never really see other alien worlds properly, and we never see alien starships other than the Liberators. But it could be that they've just purloined them from a yeah. planet that they've suppressed, and it's like, okay, normally... A bit like, you know, uh, the Empire in Star Wars, they're almost, you know... Um, 
um, Nazi-like in that, no, we can't have any tainting of our, you know, of our bloodline and stuff like that. That's why you never see any aliens in the in use by the Empire. You never see any alien yeah. officers in their uniforms. Just, and yeah, it could they just be hire British until, people. Yeah, <laughs> and well, they're the aliens from yeah. an American point of view. Um, so it could be that the Federation, up until the Galactic War, yes, they might trade or do something with these alien planets. But yeah, now, I mean, through that's... desperation, they are now using yeah. alien technology. One simple line could have explained that. One it? simple line. And it um, it. I didn't like, um, also, they, they again, because I've not watched season three in order, so we're watching it out of order. Um, so I don't know whether this is the first mention, but the, the, the horrendously rewriting of what we've actually saw in this galactic war, isn't it? So mm. they, they're saying, oh, this, this was one of the major battles of the galactic war, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, in, um, in the episode after uh, Star One, it's like about five ships having yes. a dust up, and then it's over. In one area. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, which, yeah is, no. which is, by definition, just on the outskirts of the galaxy. Yes, yes. <coughs> Excuse me. But uh, talking about that cruiser, um, the reason it looks like it did, does is that with season three, you had a new head of the visual effects, uh, Matt Irvin. Irvine went away and you had Jim Francis and it was him who wanted to go a more curvy natural look for the spaceships just like the um the medical ship that was in uh, power play you know that Callie and Villa no sorry Callie and Serverland were on that was a very curvy one I don't know if he was influenced by Alien for it but yeah he wanted the ships to go in that way and no it didn't work for me at all no it does look I mean it does look alien it does look very non-earth-like but yeah they could have just thrown a line in you know especially mm. i mean because we we get to to see the world's uh weirdest uh space commander don't we on the, the screen he looks right. like a bus driver <laughs> we're um, nearly so he could have yeah, bus he driver said, yeah he could have said you... something like oh i like your new ship servant not obviously he wouldn't say it like that but yeah you know um i see you're in one of the purloined you know, Andromedan ships or something like that. It would, yeah, and, and just one line. Like, I know, I know it doesn't. We, we're coming across this horrible sort of fanboys and that trying to do this, but it it would make the world, the universe, seem bigger just mm. by that one line. With one line, absolutely, yeah. yeah. But inside, we've got Judy Matheson, who we talked about, you know, on yes. our Mutoid uh, special episode. She's the chief Mutoid on that bridge of many light panels that don't seem to <laughs> really do anything. Um, and um, like you, I'm watching these out of um, uh, context and out of order. And Servalan is standing next to an old aircraft ejector seat painted yellow. And I thought, yeah. oh, that's, that, that, that's a nice, you know, Roger Christian style, you know, repurposing of scrap. And I thought it was for like this show. But I've, I was watching earlier episodes and they actually turn up. Um, quite a bit in yeah. earlier episodes, so but I'd never really noticed them before. But yeah, no, we've got Servalan, and uh, we're introduced to Mori. Here are your instructions. That is the target to which you are being taken. That is the Liberator in orbit over the planet Obsidian in the sixth sector. You will go there, get the Liberator, and bring it back. You make it sound very simple, Madam President. It is very simple. Two of their party are already on the planet. How do you know that? 
That is not your concern. They are there. Well, why should they land there? I mean, what's so special about the planet Obsidian? They are investigating its strategic value, which is real, and a rumor, which is not. Obsidian is at a vital point in the sixth sector. It could control command and supplies and be a real acquisition for us. But your immediate mission is to capture the Liberator and bring it back. And those on board? Kill them. Yes. <laughs> now, he's, he's straight away. He's a character. Straight away, he he is different from what we've seen in the way of yeah. Federation officers. You know, he's got a... Visually, he's different. He's got a black bandolier over his left shoulder. Um, he's clearly an officer, but he's, he hasn't got that inverted triangle on his chest. And there's a new style belt. I notice all these things because at the moment I'm, I'm I'm putting together a Federation guard outfit. So <laughs> every time anyone in a Federation uniform appears, I, I start studying. It does um, make you... Uh, it, it concentrates the mind, doesn't it, when you're making a costume? It certainly um, does. You, you're, you're watching stuff, that, and you see things that you never ever saw before. I, I you know, I, it's the same when you're making a a, a a model or a prop. You start watching things with with infinitesimal details. You start to notice. Um, but yeah, it's it, a great it, hobby, isn't it? it, it is, it's a yeah, great it, hobby. I mean, we were just talking about um, Project Avalon, and in that, you know, it's like oh. Provine, he's not wearing derry boots. He's wearing DMs. Yeah. And when you see all the the dead guards in the corridor, I was studying the the, the treads on the bottom of their yeah. boots, you know, <laughs> things like this. I don't know what it says about the uh, the the script writing that we're off studying boot tread patterns, but uh, <laughs> in this episode, yeah, the, you've got to amuse yourself, haven't you? Really? Somehow, yes, yeah. yeah. The guard he's with, he doesn't have the usual Federation guard helmet. This one's missing the clear bands. Yeah. And it's... and it looks like it looks like electrical connecting blocks all around yep, it. Again, yeah, yeah, the old uh, cheese blocks, chocolate blocks, whatever you want to call them, stuck to the helmet. Um, I, I don't know. I, I know at the time, and certainly in my younger fandom, I didn't like the fact that these were different. Hmm. I, I, I like my uniforms to be uniform. Um, but watching this the other night, I, I thought, I don't mind this. I don't mind that this could be a... Because these are not... These don't act like normal Federation troops, do they? They're, no. The, these are... I, I Again, they could have put a couple of lines in it. And that these are not the cream of the cream... Yeah, this is. I think after the war, we're getting we're getting people that wouldn't normally make the grade. Yeah, it, it, it's it's like in the um, uh, Moloch episode or the Moloch episode where you know, yeah, you've got you've got all these like rather psychotic troops. Yeah, but I was thinking otherwise. I thought these might be, you know, the reason for it all is these are not, you know, oh, it's the dregs because we've got no other choice but these might be more elite maybe these might be commando or space commandos these are space, space commandos comma space well, commandos i i i would i would agree if they weren't such utter incompetence <laughs> later on <laughs> yeah if we've got that coming cream, up haven't we yeah if this is the cream of the cream then give up on the federation and it well, it is point, after the war they've back. lost all their best yeah. haven't they you know yeah <laughs> All right, well, um, Serverland says two of the Liberator crew are on the planet. Um, 
and Mori is to go there and bring the Liberator back. And we also find out that the rumour about Blake, that was actually planted by Serverland to draw them there. Yeah, which again suggests, would they have gone there without we've, this? We've but had this they, before, haven't we? Yeah. We had it with uh, Assassin. It's working on the presumption that, you know, you're just going to go along for that. Yeah, because did they... So was whoever's plan this was on the Liberator, be it Tarrant or Avon, was their plan to go there to to use this because they say this planet is so strategic yeah as if mm. <laughs> um or so is it just a happy coincidence it's a bit muddled isn't it it's a bit yeah there, a bit there's crap. so many things being flung at the the wall and they're seeing what sticks with this episode i yeah it feels to me i when i was watching it because I've recently, um, I did a little uh, YouTube video on the, the Blake 7 annuals. And so beforehand, I thought, I'll have a read of some of these stories. Because you never read annual stories. You buy these no, annuals. I never but, did. Never did. Yeah. And, and they're generally awful, it has to be said. There's a couple of okay ones. But this script reminded me of those annual stories <laughs> where you're just you're throwing stuff in for the sake of, and then a robot appeared. You're just, you know, it's, there's no consequence. And then it, people are acting out of character and i i thought this 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 script is could go into a world distributors annual without much editing mm. and that's not saying that's not high praise i don't think <laughs> you're right you're so right um on the liberator callie's thinks uh they've been gone too long and manages to wheedle out of avon that something is wrong anything they've been out of contact for an hour now i think it's time to start worrying i've been worried all along we agreed to wait for them to contact us but not this long we don't draw attention to the bracelets without a good enough reason i think this is a good enough reason zen was picking up a signal from the ground it could have been some kind of beam approach detector you didn't say anything at the time no i didn't why was that because i wasn't sure that wasn't the reason, Avon. No, it wasn't. Are you going to let me in on the secret? You wouldn't understand it if we did. My classification might be grade four ignorant, but I'm not stupid. I bought that classification from a friend at the testing center. I didn't want to be a space captain, now did I? And I was right. They all ended up getting killed, didn't they? Tarrant survived. Oh, yes. Tarrant says he was a space captain, but then he says a lot of things, and you don't have to believe it all, do you? I'd be more inclined to believe that he was a captain than that you could have been. Well, never mind about me, but it's Tarrant you should be worried about, and not just because he's been out of contact for an hour. And what about Dana? Don't you trust her either? Dana's a different case entirely. Well, she's pretty for one thing. Pretty? Yes, I suppose she is. I hadn't really noticed. We've seen you not really noticing. Frequently. Now, is this what you were saying about your favourite bit of the uh, show this bit coming up well my, my yeah it's my favorite bit is i like the little battle on the liberator that's that's handled okay but then my absolute and it might be one of my all-time favorite blake seven moments now is after it's all happened you've got avon looking dejected sat there and villa offers him some soma and synthahol or something so he's some alcohol thing and he sort of looks at him and he goes he sighs and he says uh, no, I better keep my wits about me. And they're they're such acting like an old married couple. <laughs> I loved it. I thought this this is superb. This is this is these are the two actors 
comfy in their roles. Yeah. I imagine this probably wasn't, it, it might have been scripted, but this this is purely the actors and the strength of their their likability. It could and be ad libbed, yeah. couldn't it? Yeah, it could well be ad libbed. And I thought this sums up Avon and Villa. No one else is there. When no one else is there, they're they are like an old married couple. <laughs> it was just it was and it's just Avon's little sigh. It, was like, it is. It's uh, like George and Mildred, yeah. isn't it? Mildred yeah. used to give a sigh like that exactly. every time yep. George said something. Yeah. yeah. It's and I thought that's enough. That little sequence there and the little fight before it that's enough for me to to pull this episode out of the it's as bad as assassin okay Okay. i think for me anyway and that's that's really pushing the the envelope but yeah that's that i i I adored that scene (laughs) in this first bit though when callie is talking to avon i like the fact that villa hasn't got a clue what they're talking about and then we have more evidence that he's not as dumb as he makes out he says you're right this um because they also he this 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 is what I was thinking of when remember we were talking about um, when we were doing Clegg and is Tarrant and I thought he was a Federation captain mm-hmm. and then in this episode they actually say he was a Federation captain and then mm-hmm. Villa says was he um, and Avon does that brilliant uh, I would believe he was a Federation captain more than you were sort of thing yeah and yeah so that I think that's what I was thinking of when because I, I in my brain I thought I had it fixed that. He was a, a turncoat Federation captain. Mm, yeah. But I like the fact that Villa says that uh, um, he bought the grade yeah. four ignorant classification so that he wouldn't be signed up as a space captain. There we are again. Yeah. It is a space captain. Space captain. Um, yeah. And one of my favorite bits, and there's not many in, in this uh, story, <laughs> is um, when yeah. they talk about Dana being pretty and Villa says, oh, I hadn't really noticed. And Avon says, yes, we've seen you not really noticing her quite a yeah. lot, you know. That's a nice line. Yeah, a- Avon and Villa, like so many episodes, Avon and Villa save this one. Hmm. Without them yeah. in it, it would be tedious. Well, the problem the problem with this story is, you know, we keep cutting back to Tarrant and Dana. So yeah. every time you do that, it drops a bit. And, and it happens now, you know, down on the planet, Tarrant is saying that he needs a base planet and recruits. And Howard says um, how Tarrant still sounds like a space captain and yeah. asks him what he's afraid of. And what would you offer us for this favor? A portion of any spoils, and there will be spoils once we're strong enough to take them. You were once a Federation space captain, you say? Yes, I was for a time, until I deserted. You still sound like one. And you, sir, with great respect, sound like somebody who doesn't realize the danger he's in. Talents! Be careful, these are friends. And they deserve the truth. How they've escaped occupation by somebody before now is beyond me. Perhaps we are cleverer than you think, Captain Tarrant. What is this danger to us that you speak of? Where does it come from? Any petty warlord, any mercenary, anybody with enough ships and weaponry to take you over. What Tarrant is saying is that your pacifist attitudes are all very well in theory, but not much use against a battle fleet with ruthless leaders. And you are not in this category? No, we are not. If you say no to us, then we will go peaceably. Yeah, I don't know what Tarrant's plan is here is because 
I mean, he doesn't strike. Cameron doesn't strike me as someone that could lead an army. You know, the other thing we we only ever see like four people on this planet, so perhaps it it literally is just a very small group of people. No, 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 at no point after this in season three do you see them looking for a base. This is the only time it's yes, sure, you know, they've got a base in season four, but. I don't think there's any other time where they go and yeah, we do need a base and we do need recruits. No, I don't. This think is a so. one-off by Alan Pryor, isn't it? Yeah. Well, again, it's, this strikes me as like we were discussing the other week about the sometimes the writing is very much uh, C needs to happen, so therefore we have to have scene A going into scene B, mm. and they backwards write it. So yeah, I, I imagine this is very much probably a okay. What they're on this planet. That's got a big vol- We've got a load of volcano stock footage. Let's do a story about a volcano. <laughs> We're on this planet. Why are these people on there? Blah, blah, blah. And they work it backwards. So why are why is Tarrant here? Uh, oh, uh, he needs the planet. What does he need the planet for? Uh, and it's that sort of a yeah. It's committee writing, isn't it? It's and it's not good. Yeah, it's not good. It's but... when you miss old Terry being there. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Servalan arrives, and and she arrives at the planet at an angle that the Liberator and the planet's de- defences won't see. And we get a bit more of what's going on um, as she talks to Mori. Long-range sensors are registering a slight volcanic tremor from the planet Obsidian. That's all right. It's normal. You're quite sure about that, I suppose? Of course I'm sure. I'm going there, aren't I? Approach planet Obsidian on a bearing of 145 and prepare for planet fall on grid reckon 0137. Approach bearing 145, planet fall on grid reference 0137. What's so special about that bearing and grid reference so we don't land on a volcano? So the Liberator does not pick us up as we approach. Are the people down there likely to give us trouble? Most unlikely. They were right in the middle of the war zone, where some of the greatest battles of the Galactic War took place. Yet the planet survived untouched. Why? I promise you it had nothing to do with fear of the inhabitants. You'll be safe. I don't doubt it. You'll have no problem with the Pyroans. They have outlawed war. Oh, really? How interesting. Mori, it is because they have outlawed war that they are still alive. Well, let's hope we are at the end of it. Remember... You will be my supreme commander, if you succeed. And your ship will be the Liberator. That, Madam President, is why I'm going at all. That and my personal loyalty to you. Quite. With that ship, the Liberator. So, careful at first. Then you know what to do. That the... Pyroans are pacifists that yeah. kept out of the war, and Mori is to be her supreme commander, heading the Liberator. He seems a bit of a scruff for the job, don't you think? He's hardly yeah, a Jarvik, is he? No, he's uh, like I say. He's in fact because we see the we see another we see the you know on the view screen we see the other Federation captain. You mean the bus driver, as you the call bus him. driver guy? Yeah, um, and none of these people seem like they should be doing anything where they've got to think about something. Uh, and Murray, yeah, he... he's, he's not, he's not liberating. He's a thug. Serial. 
He's yeah. just a thug. He uh, he doesn't strike me as in, yeah. He doesn't strike me as intelligent yeah. at all or capable. He's just you know a thug. I think it's like you know we're we're explaining this far too much, but it could be that you know the Galactic War. It was like in the Second World War, wasn't it? That uh, you know, and the First World War. You, you know, the cream of the army was decimated. And you're left with, you know, what? And, you know, especially at the end of the Second World War, uh, the German army, they had yeah. to start recruiting people who were before considered too old or too young to be in the army because they had no other choice. Maybe this is all Serverland has left in the way of potential leaders. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I've always sort of read that into it, that, that the, 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 the Galactic War has wiped out all the yeah because all all the readily trained people all the people that have gone through the you know the 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 officers training corps that sort of thing and now we're 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 sort of getting the the people that would normally be you know you know passed over wouldn't they they would have been yeah yeah they wouldn't have been chosen whatsoever they would have failed any sort of exactly you know sign up there's an episode there's an episode in season four where they're watching some sort of uh, secret footage, and it's it's two bored troopers just in a shopping centre picking yeah. off. You yeah, know, and that's the sort I imagine these are sort of the concentration camp guard style mm. level, um, which also you know, you're right it did happen in World War Two that you know the some of the SS battalions were concentration camp the people that had never fought before and had only been you know used to picking on people that couldn't they fight also back. yeah they yeah. released people out of prison as well didn't they yeah. to fight and stuff yeah. like it. it was just desperation and i think this is the same thing here this is the best that yeah. serverland uh, has got you know it doesn't again it doesn't bode well for the federation does it It does but not it does this, not no, none of these i mean as as loopy as travis got in the end i would still rather have him fight in my battles than any of these people we see this, in this episode. This is so this is so yeah. so different from, you know, what we've been used to in, in yeah. seasons one and two. Um Avon teleports down with something. I don't know what that is. Um it's painted lime green, this little tracking device thing that he's got. I'd like to know what that was as a as a prop. Um but you don't really see it clearly, but it's something painted lime green anyway. Yeah. Um, Serverland and Co. They're on the planet as well, um, and these two Pyroans uh, run towards <laughs> them in a very Steve Austin sixty six oh, million it's... dollar man style way. That was a bit odd. It reminded me of again. We're back to Monty Python. You know where um, Sir Lancelot charges the castle in yeah uh, Holy Grail and over and over again, and it cuts back to and it was like that. But just weirdly done, wasn't it? At no point have we ever sin that these pyroans have got any sort of teleport capacity why why are they disappearing and then appearing like literally is, several steps it makes forward? absolutely no sense yeah. whatsoever no sense but they give her a device um and she promptly orders mori to kill them i don't know why why why, why did they have to be killed because uh, serverland's evil oh, that's okay. literally the she hasn't done anything particularly evil this episode so yeah, let's you, show you can it. see that. Yeah. Oh, let's kill him. What? Yeah. Why? What? What has she got to gain by that? And everything to lose. 
even mm. the the idiot guard, even Murray or Murray or whatever, let's call him Murray. That's a better name. Even he, <laughs> uh, even he questions it. It's like what? Yeah, there's no need for it. And then again, this 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 weird sci-fi trope that if you're a pacifist, you're then also stupid as mud, isn't it? It's so they just stand there. It's like because they're pacifists, they they've no knowledge of danger. That's not how things work, is it? She just said in front of you, yeah. kill them. You're not that dumb that you uh, don't know what that means. Yeah. Pacifist or not. Because we find out later that these people are not natural pacifists. Um, Hauer uh, has mental conditioning and things like that, um, even though he's quite happy to kill people. <laughs> not much of a pacifist there, is he? Um, so so it's not that they're, they've never known violence it's just that they choose and are yeah. also conditioned to not be violent it it, it makes no sense whatsoever why didn't nope. they use their special running ability to, to run away off? yeah yeah another another ho- holy grail thing run away run away run they away. could have done that yeah yeah but back in the base like you say Hauer and Bershire uh, they give an inference that they've some sort of control over the volcano. And yes. Howard tells Dana how he believes that aggression can be bred out. I'm very sorry to hear of your father's death. If there's anything I can do for you, I will. But you will not get any recruits here. Your son seems interested. No, he isn't. Your levels of volcanic activity are high. Not dangerously so. We monitor the volcano constantly. Could you control it if it became necessary? In a way, if it became necessary. Come, let me show you our operational complex. And then perhaps you will see we are not as helpless as we seem. You would excuse us, Father. Yes, of course. My son, like the rest of us, hates war, conflict, aggression. Who doesn't? But as the galactic war has just demonstrated, aggression seems to be programmed into the human psyche. It can be programmed out, perhaps. Would that be wise, even if it could? Would Homo sapiens be able to live without conflict? Wouldn't he just die from lack of excitement? We have not found it so. It is our belief that every man is at war with himself. His reason is at war with his instinct. His animal and his spiritual natures clash together. And the brain of Homo sapiens has developed too much for the animal to bear. You mean your people have become passive because you've reduced their brain power? Is that it? On the contrary. We have taught them peace from the cradle. And we have blocked, usually with the minute electric shock, every tendency towards an aggressive act plus of course daily psychological propaganda does it work we have no wars no fights among ourselves no lawlessness no crime our people devote themselves to creation and not destruction we are at peace here in obsidian no violence at all it's breathtaking if it's true the truth is absolute. And they're taught from birth to be passive, and any aggressive inclination is blocked with 
electric shocks. Yeah. So they're electrocuting <laughs> their yeah. children every time they get an aggressive thought. Um, and I love the way that Michael Goff, you know, his delivery and the emphasis on minute, you know, yeah. is, is a way to try and justify things. But it's also, isn't it? Isn't it quite aggressive to electrocute people to not be aggressive? That is an aggressive act to yeah. electrocute someone. You bloody hypocrite! Yeah. That is the equivalent of parents going to two kids, "Don't hit your brother," and then slapping them. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 this is not a well thought out society. <laughs> None of this story is thought out no. at all. Um, Avon finds the dead bodies and reports in, and Tarrant tries to get Bershire on his side. We have an efficient detector system. We picked you up very early in your approach. Look, I know you have to toe the party line with your father, but can I talk to you independently? Go on. You have responsibility for the defence of Obsidian. That is so. I don't think you're as idealistic as your father is, or am I wrong? I don't think you believe in your heart that you're safe here on Obsidian forever. Perhaps not. Look, there's a sizable remnant of the Federation battle fleet still functioning. We need a base, and you need protection. Is it possible to do a deal of some kind without involving your father? It will be difficult, but not impossible. Let me tell you what I can offer you. You talk of a battle fleet. Do you know a woman called Servalan? Yeah. and is thrown by the mention of Servalan. At that point, he should just like, right, we're out of here. You know, this guy knows who Servalan is. We're off ski. But no. Yeah, he should He should have at least contacted the Liberator and said, careful, this could be a trap. Yeah. We know Servalan. No, yeah, he that... just goes along with it. I do love Tarrant's charm offensive, though, is is just still to be horribly sort of stuck up his own backside and he's <laughs> he's got no charm as Tarrant. he's not a charmer blake no. i think could have blake could have worked on that because blake was very good at, at sort of talking people around and and being you know empathizing with them you know, no Tarrant is like uh you want to work with us no oh i'll stuff you then well it's funny you should mention the word blake in this sequence um i've got something to say about that when we get to behind the scenes okay did you spot him, did you spot him behind him in the corner? <laughs> i wish i there. had that would have been a bit more interesting wouldn't it um but outside maury he's got this device you know that um serverland got off the two uh pyroans this big blue bottle thing um and uh it leads him to the one door there seems to be to go in and out the base they hide um Avon sees all this and teleports back up, and Tarrant and Dana come out and are promptly ambushed. We do not come to the surface any more than we have to. The air is not very pleasant. I've noticed. You? I'm afraid so. I had no choice. If you even so much as move an eyelid, you're dead. Have you got the bracelets? Oh. They were recruiting. You weren't quite what we had in mind. Yeah, this, this weird tracking device that they give to uh, uh, Murray, it's 
they could have just pointed, couldn't they? Yes. They could have just yeah. gone, see that door over there? That's the one. It's the only door anywhere. Yeah. yeah. It's like they thought, we better have, it's sci-fi, isn't it? We better have a gizmo. Better yeah. have something that beats, you know. But Servalan is patched into her Battlefleet commander. Now, yes. you say bus driver, I say yeah. farmer. Um, yeah, no, I can see him on the tractor as well, yeah. yeah. Yeah, at no point do I think that this guy is a Battlefleet commander. This guy commands a fleet of battleships. I don't think so. I'll tell you the other person he made me think of, and that's the bartender in the cantina in Mos Eisley in the yeah. first Star Wars, you know? Yep. He is that surly, gruff type, isn't he? Yeah, he's not, uh, he, he's not an officer and a gentleman, is he? He's... I, yeah, you're right. I can picture him on the tractor, muck spreading. <laughs> and they just, they leant over the fence and said, Oi, farmer, do you fancy being a Battlefleet commander? And he went, Oh, do you think that's, okay. yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. They are so desperate for people, they then go to get yeah. the farmers to fly their ships for them. This could explain why their plans are so mental, can it? Really? Yeah. This is Servalan calling Federation Battlefleet Commander. Battle Commander. Your position is confirmed. Maintain until further instructions. Very well, Madam President. But I would remind you I do have fuel problems. Can you bring me nearer the objective? We cannot risk them detecting your presence. Hold position until advised. It won't be long, Commander. Out. Yeah, well, we see her cruiser. It's flanked by two pursuit ships. Um, Dana and Tarrant are tied up. Bershia tells Mori no killing, and uh, up on the Liberator, they get a garbled teleport. Yeah. And Villa, rather daftly, overrides Callie and brings Mori up and three guards. Yeah, again, um, they use Villa as a, a cheap plot device to, yeah. to do something stupid, don't they? It is out of character. Yeah, very. Out of all of them, he's the one who should be reluctant to be bringing somebody yeah, up he's... when you're not quite sure. Even if they, if it had been recognisably Tarrant's voice saying, I'm being shot, I'm being shot, I'm not going to last five minutes, bring me up, Villa would be the one to say, hold on, mm. hold on. Yeah. yeah, he's he's not, it's totally out of character. It totally is. Um, this battle fleet, it starts to attack and Avon is having to fend them off alone. Um, yes. Callie is trying to reach him, but he isn't hearing either that or her telepathy telepathy oh. is rubbish her, te- her telepathy this episode is useless isn't it it's it not annoys me not, yeah it well, again it's this plot device thing isn't it that when the plot needs it she's a brilliant telepath when the plot yeah. doesn't need it she isn't but even later on when she gets through to dana dana then says something completely different so it couldn't have been that Clear. No. <laughs> She's a rubbish telepath. She's she really just is. Yeah. 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 Um, but he finally does seem to 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 notice it. But that's just at the point when Mori comes in. And I always like it when you get the bad guys on the bridge of the Liberator. It's yeah. you, you, you know Looks that's good, a good moment. It? Yeah. yeah, it does look good. Orax yeah. brought in, and we've got some nice dialogue. Um, and this is my favourite bit of this. Uh, thing is when Avon really cleverly instructs Zen to open yeah. fire without Mori under actually understanding what he's doing until it's too late. Are they all in range? 
All hostiles are in range. Then why aren't they all firing? Battle computers can offer no explanation. They must be holding back for a concerted effort. They're all going to fire at once. Wrong. If they did that, it would destroy the ship. And we don't want that, do we, Ava? That battle commander's coming in to corner you, and if you don't let him, I'm going to kill you. Avon, there are three of them. What do you want? I want you to get away from that control panel. Battle fleet, seven elements, closing fast. They will ram us. No, they won't. Where's your open channel? This is Commander Mori. I have taken control of the Liberator. Do not fire. Message received. Battle fleet, withhold action. Serverland's people, aren't you? I ask the questions. So, this is your magic computer, Orac, isn't it? I assume your use of the word magic means that I am incomprehensible to you. While that may well be the case, your use of the word is inappropriate. What? Your use of the word magic is inappropriate. I am simply the sum of the thousands of data stores which are available to me. Impressive. Yes, he's very efficient. But then so is the whole ship. The greatest single factor is our armament, together with our main computer, Zed. As targets bear, main blasters will fire. 9-0, full thrust. Confirm. Yeah, I, uh, I quite like Mori. I quite like him as a character, even though he's useless. But yeah, it's in a battle of wits with Avon, he's, he's severely lacking, isn't he? <laughs> Avon just trounces him. Clegg again, this, wouldn't this have whole... fallen for this. Oh no, Clegg would have just shot him in the kneecaps or something. <laughs> this whole, this whole sequence. This is yeah. From from this sort of point until the when well, you get Avon's lovely sigh. This is a really nice sequence, and this saves the episode. Yeah, certainly it does. for me. I can put yeah. up with all the other rubbish. Yeah. Because there's little gems like this, um, which by season four even that's gone, isn't it? Unfortunately. Yeah. Um. Avon, he manages to get shoot down two of the troops. He gets shot yeah. in the arm by Mori. Uh, Mori and the guard grab Orak and teleport back down with Callie. I like the way that Callie objects that Villa is actually doing this, but he's reasonable. He's saying, look, you've got a, you, you, you've got a safer chance down yeah. on the planet than you have with us. He's actually being honourable and decent and heroic, isn't he? It, yeah, it's um, once again... He's being, he's taken the intelligent path, which is not yeah. necessarily what anyone else would. Now, if that had been Gan, he would have tried to rescue her, and they'd have all got killed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, he hurries back to the flight deck, and I like this. Ex- it's very short. It's too short. It's but I like the exchange it? that he has with Servalan. Servalan calling Commander Morris on Are you on the Liberator? reply. No, he isn't, but I am. What can I do for you, Servalan? Villa, are you in command of the Liberator? For your information, Madam President, we are all here, ready and waiting. I think I could see you on the screen. Yes, I know exactly where you are. You're at grid reference 1370. Better start running. 
Yeah, it's really good. It's the um, it's sort of the equivalent of the Han Solo in the uh, the prison on the Death yeah. Star, isn't it? The little yeah, just yeah, sort yeah. of the weird conversation. <laughs> it works well, um, and it's nice that uh, that that there's sort of this little relationship between Villa and Servalan, isn't it? It's mm. Servalan has just dismisses him at every opportunity. He's no threat, no. But he's at, yeah, he's he's on the ball here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's good stuff. It's really good stuff. It is. Uh, uh, she legs it, and uh, Villa then tends to Avon, which seems to be putting some sort of like foam board cast on his arm. Yeah, I well, I th- I wondered if it was like a a, a right angled gutter joint. That's what it looked like to me. <laughs> no, but I think they've spent a bit more yeah. money than that. Yeah, I like. I mean, a. We don't know how it works, but I do like the fact it goes over your clothes. That seems a bit strange. <laughs> but B, this is the first time when normally when someone gets shot on the Liberator, they just shrug it off. Yeah. This is the first time we've seen someone actually having consequences of of actually being shot. Yeah. No, you're yeah. absolutely right. Yeah. What's happening? All gone. All right. Gone as well. Cheers. The battle fleet. Run away. I expect they'll be back. Callie? They took her when they took Orak. A mess. Never mind. We're still here. It's not serious. The pad'll take care of it. If you don't fiddle with it. You did very well there, I must say. Must you? Yeah. Go on. Adrenaline and soma. It's very relaxing. No thanks. I need my wits about me. If you say so. In this moment, we've got that whole, you know, adrenaline and soma yeah, um, thing. Um, is this the start of it? Because from this point onwards, Villa tends to use that an awful lot. Is this the start of his reliance on it to get Could him through be, yeah. everything? Perhaps it's, yeah. he's, he's discovered it in a, a stressful situation and now it's like, oh, that's nice. Hmm. Um, Howard has found out about what Bershire has been doing and exacts a punishment, uh, which is basically death by voltage from the robot. Again, you didn't need the robot to do that. You could have had a lackey there yeah. with a sidearm to shoot. Okay. Well, I don't because because they this seems so open to um, to not working very well, doesn't it? Because they they use that that water pistol that Tarrant thought, oh, it's raining. And he then he says, yes, you're right. It was a, uh, a deadly dosage. Yes. Like, that could have spread over anyone. And why mm. kill him there? Why kill him at all? You're not it, a pacifist it, again, this, if you have your yeah. own son killed for that. Yeah, exactly. And you, you're obviously killing enough people that this isn't a surprise to anyone else. Mm. No one else looks around and goes, what the hell is this idiot doing? He's killing people. <laughs> so this must happen fairly regularly. It's um, And again, this is this is what I said. It, it feels like, because a lot of the annual stories um, end like this, where they'll, ju- they'll sort of be starting to build up a story, and then it'll be, oh, and then they died. It's, it's such rubbish writing. Yeah, yeah. All right, but Howard says that if Servalan persists in her attack, then they'll keep their vow. Um, and then he has them released and actually tells them what the secret yeah. of the planet is. That is crap. 
Release them. Give them their bracelets. You are free to go. If you stay any longer, you will be in danger. Come. What is this vow you spoke of? We are all dying very slowly. The whole planet is contaminated with radioactive fallout. But you've had no wars here. There's a nuclear device buried deep in the heart of the planet. One touch of that button and it blows. You'd never do that. Yes, we would. We warned the Federation of it and we warned Servalan of it. How do you think we survived the war? We warned any fleet that landed that we would blow them up and ourselves with it. So they never landed. But you'd never do it. We would. It is the truth we live by. But this radioactive fallout, why? The device in the core of the planet, is it seeping? Is it defective? Is that why you're all dying? Is the volcano spraying it out? No more questions. You must go while you can. <laughs> um, yeah, I like this. He says uh, they'll keep their vow as pacifists and destroy everything. Yeah, that's you've, a again, pacifist you've not, move. You've not understood what pacifism means, have you? <laughs> Oh, blimey. Did you notice also, he says they're all slowly dying from the radiation from the volcano. Yeah. He doesn't actually say how that's happening. It's never found out what's going on. That didn't need to be in there then. If there's no reason for it, why is it in there? Because it's, I imagine this is when, because this went out like, what, six o'clock on a, a weekday night. They they would have needed someone because I imagine they probably read the story and go, hang on, he kills everyone. Oh, they were going to die anyway. Oh, that's the right. Oh, then. is that what it is? Yeah, Take I the curse a, off of it. Yeah. So it's a, it's almost a mercy killing. They would have died anyway. Right. Don't really matter yeah. now. I think you're and right. I, I think that's purely what it is to take that sting off it. That would be the equivalent of back on afterwards, back on the liberator talent saying, Oh, who would have thought they were all androids? You know, <laughs> it's the Battle of the Planets uh, thing, isn't it? To say all those guards that died, yeah, they're androids, but they bled. It's... They're androids. Yeah, 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 yeah. It takes the curse. It's like yeah. you know, that's what I hated about you know um, the Star Wars prequels, the Clone Wars. Um, you know, you have the good guys up against robots because then it doesn't matter that the bad, uh, the, the good guys are killing all these bad guys because the bad guys aren't bad guys; they're robots. Yeah. Uh, it's the same blooming thing, isn't it? You know. Yeah, it's I mean, like... it, was, it was the same reason that the Cylons in the original Battlestar Galactica ended up as robots. They were meant to be lizards wearing armor, and mm. then in that time slot, you can't kill a living creature. You can no. blow the crap out of as many computers as you want and androids. Yeah. So that, but it's yeah. I I when he said that, it's like why what what where's that come from? I think you're you right. Yeah. I think you're right, yeah. He also says there's an atomic bomb in the centre of the volcano. Lucky. My thought on that is, how do you get an atomic bomb into the centre of a volcano? Well, I imagine they put it into a GoPro, because they <laughs> seem to survive <laughs> lava very well. Um, Could be. I don't know. I don't know what... <laughs> They're making out that this... The fact that the planet's got a volcano and can be destroyed at any point is their power. That's... it. It is. What power is that giving them? That you know. <laughs> Hang on, in the... <coughs> Excuse me. Good lord. Cough I'm, not gonna... <coughs> I'm not going to. I'm not going to cut that one out. 
No, sorry, everybody, <laughs> if I've just blown your earbuds up, um, <laughs> sorry about that. I'm going to have another uh, drink. That's that space radiation from the volcano causing that. It's my body. I can't. I can't take. Yeah. My body's going into uh, rejection. Yeah. Talking about the only all this. sensible thing you could do would be to blow your house up. <laughs> that's the equivalent of what this store is saying, isn't it? Yeah. Talking about blowing up, they say they'll blow up the whole planet if they are attacked. Yeah. And uh, Taran and Dana, they go off to find Callie, um, sheltered in a nook, supposedly oh, right, wow. right below the crater. Mori talks to. Orac. We know that Servalan is coming with him. We know that we're safe here in Tosita. We also know we're going to get at least a million credits from her for this little toy. So, Orac, I'm talking to you. If you can provide Servalan a flight and obey the long range detectors on this planet, that will come in very useful. Could you do that? I have access to the necessary databanks. It is really quite simple. If an attacking force comes in at 037 degrees approach, they will find the blind spot in the detectors and thence can use tactical missiles with impunity. If you come in at that approach, you will find no detectors to pick you up and no opposition. Excellent. We will regroup immediately and approach on that bearing. Right. And don't forget us. How could I? You have Auric. Yeah, this 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 whole this whole sequence feels to me like they've turned up on location with no real idea of what they're meant to be doing and they've sort of made it up. It mm. none of the action flows. No. None of it makes any sense. None of it matches what they're saying there doesn't match what Callie is saying in her uh, telepathy that was presumably recorded at a different point <laughs> beforehand. It it's uh, as a as a climactic action sequence. It's not good. It's not good. Um, is this consistent with Orac though? Because Mori asks Orac to give a flight plan. Um, you know, for Serverland, and he goes ahead yeah. and does it. Now, that seems as if Orac will just answer a question that's given to him, and he has no allegiance. But, you know, there are instances in this show where Orac actually does uh, intervene, you know, like in Ultra yeah. World, where he will actually do something. I don't know if that's because that was uh, self-preservation, because if he didn't do that, he might be destroyed. At this point, Orac's in no danger, so he might offer up that information. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, it doesn't, because Orac's never, never been that helpful before to the crew, has he? Really? He's no. He, even in, even if, even if this information wouldn't harm him or anything like that, he normally would make something about why are you wasting my time. Yeah. He, well, he yeah, does he's... it at the beginning of this episode to Callie when yeah. Callie says, "Can you op- operate the teleport?" Yeah. He's like. What? Oh, okay. He's yeah. quite reluctant to do it, but here he's offering it up straight away to Mori. Yeah. Um, on the subject of Orvac as well, uh, an interesting thing this week. Um, remember we were talking way back in, I can't even remember which episode, episode two or three, and we were talking about uh, how uh, Orvac was very much like at the Alexa now. 
mm. you know the the, the Amazon yeah. Alexa dot, and it kept set when we were talking, we kept setting off my uh, my Alexa. <laughs> it kept talking to me, and I said, Alexa's just like all X. She's just she's lit up now, totally useless, and keeps giving you the wrong answer. And then it turns out the guy that invented the uh, the Alexa uh, is a big Blake Seven fan, and his idea of perfect computers was all back and Zen. No way. Yeah. Really. So yeah, yeah, it was in the paper um, and on the BBC News uh, this morning. Um, yeah, he's a he's a big his his favourite two computers were Zen and Orac. He was a big Blake Seven fan, wow. and that sort of drove him to to design a, a verbal computer. So we were right that Alexa is is Orac. I wish they'd have called it Orac. <laughs> that was or amazing. not call it Orac. But just have that yeah. startup sound when the key goes in, you know that yeah. noise. Yeah, it... my daughter. I mean, as I say, my our youngest. We're going through Blake Seven, and she laughs out loud every time anyone puts that key in, and you yeah. get that. Uh, she loves that. It's brilliant. I know. I got that on a record somewhere. <laughs> I you want that, that on a on so, so, somehow on my yeah, yeah. Every time I get a text or something like that, yeah. get that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, okay, where are we? Um, yeah, Serverland orders the Battlefleet commander, the farmer, bus driver, you know, cantina, yep. barman. Uh, Wait, to does use... he get a name? No, he doesn't. Just oh. Battlefleet commander. Um, to use tactical missiles on the planet and then to destroy the Liberator. And then we get the bit, Callie's second attempt at telepathy. <laughs> R- rather rubbish. How many times does she say... By the rim, you know, over by the rim. They're waiting by the rim, over and over again. Yeah. And then she says they're waiting by the rim. And then Dana goes, Callie wants us to go by the rim. No, she doesn't. <laughs> At no point has she said that. No. I think Dana's trying to get rid of talent. Yeah, Callie wants you to go over by the rim. Yeah, take a big step. <laughs> Tarrant gets shot. Ray. And, and finally, does it? <laughs> uh, finally, we actually do get to see where Dana keeps some of her weaponry. She's got a bomb stick in her boot. I don't know why she went down there with a bomb stick, but she's got a bomb stick in her boot. I and... think she's the sort of girl that carries a bomb stick all the time. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Uh, she blows Mori off the edge. Now, the first part of it looks all right. You've got a stunt man, you know, he's falling yeah. in slow motion from a height, <laughs> yeah. and that looks all right. But then you get that awful, <laughs> awful shot of Mori falling down into some superimposed lava. It's yeah, I, absolutely dire. You know, you, on, on your, um, your uh, sister podcast, uh, effectively speaking, you did the Dick Jones in Robocop 4. Yeah, uh, you <laughs> it's the same thing. this on the same thing, yeah. It's very much uh, alike, isn't it? Oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. But they, all, they teleport up. Um, and the attack has begun on, on the planet. Howard calls them to say that they're going ahead with their vow. Yep. Voice contact from the planet Obsidian. Put it on the main speaker. Howard calling Liberator. This is the Liberator. Go ahead. My friends, the Federation have launched an attack. We do not intend to give in. We will not be colonized by the Federation or by anybody else. We will honor our sacred vow. Withdraw immediately. We bid you farewell. What was that about? Zen, put up the force wall. Confirm. 
Um, and he tells them to back off. Um, presses, we've talked about this before, you know, in, in many science fiction shows. The self-destruct is always a yeah. giant, big, red button. No uh, other uh, colour. Always red. Yeah. Always and usually, big. usually could be lent against accidentally. <laughs> the pizza deliverer's here. Where shall I put them? I'll put them down here. Oh, no! Yeah, the cleaner comes in, dusts yeah. it. Yes, yes, yes. Have you ever, have you ever in your life, other than say a, a British design car, have you ever known any bit of equipment that has circuitry built in to destroy it? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Why would you? <sighs> oh, that's the, yeah, that's very much like but... uh, Avon's side. That was. That was good <laughs> it sums it all up. Uh, we get the stock footage again, uh, combined with stock footage of an, an atomic explosion. Yes. I, I, I think they should have played Will Meet again over that, but that would have been good. Yeah. And for once, we actually do get, you know, uh, a bit of a downer of an ending. Execute pre-programmed course. Confirmed. I don't believe they do it. Neither did Seven. She just didn't care. Her options were to take it or to destroy it. Either way, she won. I don't think so. She lost. And we lost. Only the Pyroans won. If that's winning, I'll take losing every time. Yeah, there's no, there's no jokey comments, is there, really? No. Um, I, I, I'm guessing, you know, just by the uh, Liberator arriving, they're responsible for it all. If they had never gone there, Serverland would never have gone there, and the planet would never have been blown up. Yeah, it, again, one of the where even knowing or meeting uh, the crew of the Liberator is really bad for your societal health, isn't it? They yeah. they're not they they don't seem to they don't improve people's lot as they go through life, do they? No. <laughs> Everyone comes out just a little bit worse off for knowing them. <laughs> you don't want them around, do you? You don't, you don't want them coming yeah. near you at all. Yeah. All right, well, that's the end of the show, all right? So, something we were talking about earlier, about the whole assassin thing, uh, yep. better or worse, I thought an idea might be to call this bit the assassinator. Yeah. See what Very I did good. there? The yeah. assassinator. Is it better or worse than assassin? What do you think, Ian? I think it's better than assassin in the assassin uh, other than a little bit with richard herndl it didn't work at all whereas this i i i at least enjoyed it on a, a some of it i mean i you know me i like a bad movie i, I very much like a bad movie i like myself some mystery science theater and this would have fitted on that but i so i can appreciate it whereas assassin i just found um embarrassing Mm-hmm. You know, I know Anne. Anne sort of she disengaged with this episode, but we we quite enjoyed picking it to pieces together, and much mm. like we're doing now. And, <laughs> yeah, I, I often think it might perhaps we're a little bit masochistic. I don't know the the whole <laughs> lot of us because we seem to be pulling these things apart regularly. Um, but I I think it's it's not an episode I would 
readily rush out to watch again. But I think there's enough in it of interest. And the stuff that isn't interesting is at least definitively awful. It's not boring, I don't think. Whereas Assassin, I found a lot of sequences I was just sort of waiting for the sequence to finish. Um, I think if, if we weren't doing this for the podcast... I probably wouldn't have finished watching Assassin, but I probably would have finished watching this because on a so bad it's good mm. uh, reference. What about you? Did you? Did, I, I I can sort of by your tone, you you think this was worse than Assassin? Yeah, no, I yeah. do. I I yeah. think it's worse. I mean, um, with this one, you don't have a Richard Herndall uh, moment. No, that's um, true. And you don't have anything visually interesting, like, you know, the fake cancer. I like fake cancer. Yeah. I couldn't abide real cancer, but fake cancer I liked, and I liked his ship. Um, there's nothing in this episode that I liked whatsoever. Um, yeah. yeah, you've got a couple of nice moments with Avon and, and, and Villa, but the rest of it, I, oh, no. No, I, I'm, I'm giving it a worse. Oh, right. I don't, yeah, I don't, think it's, I don't think it's head and shoulders above assassin but yeah i i think i on a purely enjoyment level i enjoyed this more than i enjoyed assassin all right okay that's um, fair enough that's yeah. fair enough uh, bring on the next bad one that's what i say what is yeah what's I'm, well, it might be next actually. week's yeah yeah good it, it might be next week's we'll we'll, think, we'll talk about that in a minute yeah i was trying to think of are there any other worse episodes than have, have we got through the worst and then i'm thinking oh there's things like animals and and sarcophagus and yeah because horizon is just boring i think i don't I, well, it's not this. well stay tuned everybody and you'll find out in in due course all right with the assassinator over we'll go to the behind the scenes um apparently this is a very old script okay and it was dusted off for season three it, it was originally meant to be in season two okay and originally it had blake and jenna in the place of Tarrant and Dana, okay. You know, because I I, I, I didn't know that, but yeah, when I said earlier that when Tarrant tries to smarm his way into mm. them doing his bidding, Blake would that that was a more Blake moment, and Blake probably would have had more success. He would have. So I yeah. could see that. Yeah. Yeah, but what I don't understand is what is the connection because you know with what was transmitted, it was Dana, Dana's father knew. How? Oh, it it would have been that Jenna supplied them with some sort of illicit, right. smuggled goods. It yeah, it would have been nebulously connected Linked to her. I reckon. Way. Yeah, right. Fair enough. All right. This episode it it features Stephen Pacey and Josette Simon's first filmed scenes for the series. Yeah. This was their first ones. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, I mean, fair ex- dude, I wouldn't have thought that. They seem to, they seem to be the characters I know. Yeah, they're fully fledged yeah. here, aren't they? Yeah. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, the exteriors they were filmed in North Yorkshire. Well, okay, uh, Al- Almscliff Crag and Greenhow Hill, which is on Hebden Moor. Okay. Do you think do you think the um the, the battlefleet commander was actually they just found him on location? So he was off. the farmer on the moor. Yeah. <laughs> can't, can't be walking on the moor. <laughs> Stay I off mean, the moors, lads. Have you ever done any uh, acting? 
Yes, yes, yes. I mean, we're going to have to go there one day and do a slow motion run yeah. um, across the moor. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, Michael Goff, which, you know, last week I was saying, it, it, is, it, is it go, yeah, Goff, whatever? Yeah. Apparently, no, it is Michael Goff. It rhymes with cough. Okay. Right. Um, I didn't know this. He wasn't English. Okay. He, he was born in Malaysia. Yeah. Did we did we uh, own Malaysia at that point? <laughs> I think it was a colony, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I think. Yeah. And this fact I really like about him is that he was close friends with Alan Napier. You know who Alan Napier yeah, is. Yeah, um, the, the proper Alfred, yeah. The proper Alfred, yeah. So you've got two Alfreds from Batman who were buddies. Oh, God, yeah, you're right. He, yeah, because, he, yeah, Michael Goff was yeah. Alfred. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Was he? Was Michael Goff Alfred in all of the? He was in all four. The, yeah, I, I don't remember him from the first couple. No, he was right. Yeah. Let's get into it. Um, last week we said, does Michael G, you know, give Michael yeah. S, Michael shared a run for his money? Um, he certainly does. Um, <laughs> I can Michael imagine. shared uh, is the all-time champ right now with a genre tally of eighteen. Yep. Would you like to have a guess to what um, Michael Goff's tally might be? Now, I think it could be higher because he used to appear very often in like ITC stuff. And then he seemed to be on everything. He was always a guest star in everything. Um, oh, I reckon a little bit higher. Go on. Give me a number. 20. 29. Oh, he is a full 11 points higher than our That's champion. Shocking. I thought Michael Shared couldn't be beaten. <laughs> Michael Goff has yeah. beaten him soundly. All right. Right. Here we go. This is his genre tally. You said earlier, yes, he was in Dracula. Or if you're in America, yeah. the horror of Dracula. Yeah, Hammer's first Dracula film. Um, I was saying last week, I'm amazed not many of our you know featured characters have been in hammer films i totally forgot judy matheson she's yes, been in she two in yeah. yeah she's been in two hammer films so uh, sorry about that judy um next film he was in was horrors of the black museum okay i'd just like to say at this point before we go further through the list the amount of films he's in or sh shows he's been in with the word horror in it is quite amazing okay so horrors of the black museum all right. Right. Then he was in. That one, but... Do you remember the next one? Conga. Conga. It's an awful 60s British version of King Kong. Oh, see, I was, yeah, I've, I've seen that. I thought, I, I was thinking of the dance, the conga. I don't <laughs> no, conga with a K, not conga with a C. Conga. Yeah, um, <laughs> yes, it was a terrible, uh, terrible King Kong. I went, sort of pastiche almost, wasn't it? It wasn't. Oh, it was dreadful. He was a scientist in that, wasn't he? Absolutely yeah. dreadful. The um, next thing he was in was uh, Dr. Terror's House of Horrors, yep. a good old amicus good film. Anthology, yeah. Uh, yeah. Then The Skull, which is a good film. <coughs> um, he was next in The Avengers. In We, we, we were talking about him earlier, Peter Cushing. Uh, the Cybernauts. He oh, was in right. that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Actually, that, perhaps that's what that robot was. 
<laughs> Cybernaut. He, he had it. It was. It, you know, I said someone turned up with it in their boot and they used it. It was Michael Goff. Ah. He goes, I've got Cybernaut in my boots. We got it sorted out, haven't we? <laughs> His Sus. first Doctor Who appearance uh, is next. The Celestial Toymaker, where he yep. does play the Celestial Toy, toy Maker. He um, was also married to uh, Polly, wasn't he? He and was, he, he was, he was, yes. Which is strange because, um, you know, I Michael Goff is one of those actors that always appears old yes. to me. You never you think know. of him as, yeah, being young. And Polly, you know, swinging 60s and everything like that, yeah. you know, you think of her quite young. But yeah, no, they were married, yeah, yeah. Um, next one, Alice in Wonderland. In 1966, he played the March Hare. Um, he came back to the Avengers for the correct way to kill. Um, then he was in a pretty dire film. They came from beyond space, which is pretty bad. Sounds he was pretty terrible. Yeah. Journey to the Unknown. Uh, then the Champions. Then he was in I Trog. Love the yeah, Champions Trog. was great. Yeah, I love Trog. Trog. Trog was. Oh, <laughs> it, it was. Who was it? Uh, was it was Trog a Hollywood. The, was it that actress. the? the... Was that the um, like Natanzafel ape thing that was found? That's that the, the, that's the one. Is that and the one? it was yeah. Tallulah Bankhead, Bankhead, somebody like yeah, yeah. Mm. It, it was her last film. Was in that terrible film. Um, yeah. Next film. Here we go again. Crucible of Horror. There's the horror again. Yeah. Next thing. Horror Hospital. Okay. <laughs> um, then the Legend of Hell House. Um, oh yes, boom. yeah. That that's that's a brilliant film, mm. and he he is terrifying in it, and he doesn't even move. He plays a dead body, and it's, yeah. he he's superb in it. He, no, no, he is a great. He is great. Uh, Moonbase three was next. Um, then this one in Blake seven. Then he went on to Doctor Who, the Ark of Infinity. Uh, he was in the Little Vampire. Uh, the Serpent and the Rainbow. Then, here we go. Right. Alfred in Batman. Yeah. Then Batman Returns. Then Batman Forever. He took a break from Alfred for the Indiana Jones Chronicle, where he played uh, Tolstoy. Um, back to Batman for Batman and Robin. Uh, Sleepy Hollow. Then The Corpse Bride. And his final fantasy role was in Alice in Wonderland, this time as the Dodo Bird. Yeah. All right? So that's his 29 roles, wow. um, which also gives him a Who tally of two for the Celestial Toymaker and Ark of Infinity and an Indiana Jones tally of one for the Indiana Jones Chronicle. Okay? Hey, the lad's done well, hasn't he? He has done well. Unless we do... And I am thinking of doing it now, a special episode on Stuart Fell. I'm yeah. thinking we have now got our champion. Yeah. I don't even think like Brian Blessed could top that. Well, Brian Blessed is coming up soon, so that's yeah. going to be interesting. But 29. I mean, if wow. you're above 10, that's high. But 29, yeah. So, all right. That's that. Okay. Um, so, that's the episode over. Um, join us next time when we're back in season four, and oh, season yeah, four. season four. And we've been talking throughout this episode about Monty Python. Um, 
in our next episode, we're going to get our first ever featured, what I've called the Swamp Castle character, okay, from Monty right. Python and the Holy Grail, where it's kind of named after the Michael Palin King in that film, where you've got a fake beard, you know, dressed in clobber, obviously <laughs> taken from the, um, you know, the medieval department, yeah. and acting completely out of uh, context from that time. Uh, we're going to be talking about Gunsar, okay? Oh, dear. Which, again, I haven't watched <laughs> no. before um, compiling that... this list, so this one, is going to be little, interesting. Yeah. One little interesting fact, I think I've mentioned it before, but not. That was the episode, that was the first thing I ever taped on VHS with that episode. And that's the episode <laughs> where there's a shot of, of Avon firing his clip gun pointing upwards firing his clip gun across the screen and i was pausing it and rewind pausing rewind pausing <laughs> over and over again because it, this was magical technology <laughs> I don't what a strange memory that yeah. is that you've yeah. got for that blimey I know, it? yeah the very first i had a uh, an e60 cassette <laughs> and that was that lasted me for a long time oh man well to be continued next week okay because Excellent. uh yeah <laughs> I think we're going to have fun with that one as well. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you, thank Ian. You. No problem. Enjoyed it as usual. Thank you, anyone who uh, looked out on the iTunes or the Neo Zaz listing and went, um, you know, Volcano. All right, I'll Fancy give it a, a go. Bit of that Volcano. Yeah. <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> we yes, do appreciate thank you for it. Anyone that's listening, yes, it is greatly appreciated. Yeah. Thank. Thanks for making it to the end, and uh, see you next time. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. <laughs>